0: I think one of the common denominators that brings you and I together in this place is not only that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, it's that we believe everything God says, everything. If he said it and we don't understand it, it's on us, that's not on him, that we just don't have the intelligence, the wisdom, the experience yet to be able to understand what it is that God's trying to get into our mind, but we buy into what God says. He said it, it settles it, and that is it for us. So when we look at verses like this on the side screen, everyone in the room kind of goes with it, and it goes like this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Now, to keep it in context, the Apostle Paul was talking about there was times in his life where he didn't have enough and there was times when he had more than enough. Now, listen very carefully. There were times in his life when all of his needs were not being met, ladies. And there were times in his life when he had more than he needed. And this is what he said. But in both those times... Christ was enough and both those times i could handle it because of the strength that i had in jesus christ take a look at this next one he goes on to say we are more than conquerors through him that loved us now we can all believe that and agree with that i do I, I i don't think that we're supposed to win i think we're supposed to really win i think we're supposed to wipe out i think if it's christian it should be better than anything else on the planet period so I don't think we should just win. I think we should really win. I think we all agree with that. John 10, 10 says this, I've come that you might have life. Now here's Jesus, the good shepherd, making this tremendous sacrifice so that you and I can have a full life, an abundant life. And we buy into that. I mean, he's going to make that kind of sacrifice. Then we're going to do whatever our part is in doing to be able to have the greatest, most, the fullest, and the most abundant life that we can possibly have. Now, if we are buying in, though, to those kind of passages of Scriptures... We also have to believe this one, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, even though those plans had not come to fruition yet. And what are they? Prosperity, hope, and a future. There they are. So if God's plans for us, even though I'm not really living them out yet, are to give us prosperity, and that's just more so than money, prosperity in your marriage, your family, your finances, your health, all of it, hope so that I would never lose hope in a future, that's something that I can really sink my teeth into in knowing that, hey, no matter where the government goes, no matter who we elect for president, I'm going to be okay, right? Okay, and then, then he says this, though. Watch this. John 16, I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Okay? So even though that we're more than conquerors, even though we can live a full and abundant life, What God is telling us is, and it shouldn't be a surprise, here on this earth, you are going to have many trials and many sorrows, troubles, sadness. Where? Where on this earth? Afghanistan? Iran? Paris? No, you, in our community, in your home, in your life. So when it talks about me, I think about my life, and I think, well, okay, then I'm going to have trials, sorrows, troubles, sadness in my finances. There's gonna be troubles, trials, sadness, problems in my relationships. Watch this now. There's gonna be trials and sorrows and sadness in your marriage. You go, wait a minute, I want a marriage where there's no trials, there's no sorrows, there's no trouble, and there's no sadness. Really? You want that on this earth? With an actual human being? Right? Because the truth is, God already told you, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials. So when it comes, don't freak out and act like, well, oh, my gosh, now i got to trade. i got to trade this one because i got to find the one where there would be no sorrows, no trouble, no sadness, and no difficulty. No, because there isn't one on this planet. Okay? Right? You all with me? Okay? So then you go to this verse, and the Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, right? And you're saying, yeah, you know, the morning, the morning we're going to have some joy. That's what it means. No, the morning, yeah, when the morning comes, yeah, we're going to have some joy. And I think you might have missed something. Joy comes after the dark place. Uh oh. It's not about the morning. It's about the dark place in your life coming to an end. And that's when joy comes. Let me put it this way the greatest joy and transformation you will ever experience on this planet comes after your dark place. So, can I ask you a question? Why are you trying to throw everything away during a dark place, during a dark time in your life? Oh, man, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I, uh, I have to know some things. I think the, the side screen, do we have the title slide back there, Rabbit? I think it's called, uh, what's it called? Here you go. Knowing that I'm coming out of dark places. Knowing. That's what makes me happy. There are some things that I've got to know in order for me to be happy. I, I just have to know certain things. I, I have to know that the uh, Colorado Rockies are going to have a better season next year than they have this year. Right? I got to know that, right? I got to know that if the Broncos go to the Super Bowl this year that we will not have a big embarrassment like what we had a few years back. I got to know that. And I also got to know that my wife's not mad at me. Well, yeah. I, I don't do very well when Anna's mad at me. I don't work as well. I can't concentrate as well. If I think my wife's at home mad at me, I'm messed up, right? I'm no good around the office. I'm grouchy. I'm like, you know, I'm calling her. I'm texting her. I'm trying to make her laugh, trying to make sure she's not mad because I just don't do good when my wife is mad at me. Now, it's not like I had to do anything to cause her to be mad at me. Women will get mad at men when they've done absolutely nothing. What? Y'all getting mad at me right now. You women are proving my point right now. I'm standing up here slicing an apple. I have not done anything wrong. And yet some of you women are right now mad at me. You know why you're mad at me? Because you think I said something stupid. I didn't do anything wrong, but I said something that you think is wrong, right? So point in case, you're mad at me right now, and I don't care. (laughs) And you're thinking, well, I need a man who will never say anything stupid. really, 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 so you're looking for a man who won't say anything stupid, let me Google that for you, let me Google it, searching, searching, we'll give it a minute, it's still searching, let me type in this website, let me type this one in right here, Uh, men who never say anything stupid only dot com, okay, let's give that a minute, Oh, well, something's coming up, something's coming up. It's a picture of me. <laughs> and Donald Trump. <laughs> no? No? Y'all are wondering where I'm going with that, aren't you? I'm not going anywhere with it. Now, let me just, let me just say this to you. I don't know if you think Donald Trump would be a good president or not. I don't know if you think a great businessman would be a good president for the United States or not, but I want to guarantee you something. If Donald Trump is president of the United States, he will not be able to be president of the United States without saying stuff that is stupid. Now, wait a minute, ladies. Hang on. Nor has the president we right now have been a president without saying stuff that is stupid. Nor has any president over the United States ever Even with all the PR people they have around them, even with all the press that is on their side, even with the liberal media that wants to make them look good, they have never been the president of the United States, no one, without saying something stupid. So women, what kind of standard are you trying to hold your husbands to, to be a husband and a man in your house who is not the president of the United States with a PR company around him, and he can't say anything stupid? Not going to happen, is it? Well, I just want a man who will never say a stupid thing. Do you want him of the human being species? Hmm. <laughs> huh. I've got to know certain things in my life. I've got to know that my wife's not mad at me. I've got to know the Rockies are going to do a little better. I've got to know that our God is a good, good father who loves me. I gotta know. I, I can't. I can't be happy without that. And I've gotta know. I've gotta know that I'm coming out of dark places. Because according to the Bible, no matter how much He loves me, no matter how much I can have victory and be a conqueror and live an abundant life with a great hope and a future and prosperity, I also know that I'm going into trouble. And for the sake of this morning, I'm not just talking about challenges. I'm not just talking about hard times. I'm not just talking about difficulties that just come with you and I being on this planet. I'm talking about really dark, dark places. I have a, uh, I, I got to know that. I have up here in my possession an apple. Now, this isn't just any apple. This isn't like a Fuji apple or a Red Delicious apple or a Gala apple. This is, ladies and gentlemen, the apples above all apples, the Honey Crisp apple of apples. Now, how many of you have never had a Honeycrisp apple? Will you raise your hand? You've never ha- you've never had one. I'll let you have a bite of this in just a minute. I am cutting this up with a very well. This is my honey knife, and it is very well. It's never been used, so <laughs> so very very clean, very very clean. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't need me to say that, but it's true. I this is the Honeycrisp apple, and. Uh, this is the Olathe sweet corn of apples. This is what this is. This, this is amazing. Now go ahead and take a piece of that right there. I just want you to have a piece. Now, I want, I want you two to have You've never had really serious pepper or honey crisp. You, listen, that only comes out one time a year, and it's on, on the shelf for just a little bit. This is really good now. Now, when you get past the one inch of goodness, you hit the core. And the reason why you got the one inch of goodness is because of what the core is all about, right? And inside that core, I think I have a picture on the side screen. You can see a little one right here. But on the side screen, you have a seed. Now, hold on a minute. So this apple has more going on for it than just this apple. It has within its core what makes up the goodness, but within its core is a seed, and the seed has amazing potential. The seed, if planted, will turn into a tree, giving you hundreds of more apples, and if those fall to the ground and they are then planted, it will turn into an orchard, okay? So within this one little apple that you think has, you know, pretty good flavor is great potential in the core of it, the core of it. The problem of it is the core many times get covered up with everything else. The core of who you are as a man gets covered up with trying to provide for a family, trying to deal with people in the workplace, in the secular workplace, the core of who you are as a woman gets covered up. You were once just a girlfriend that wanted to laugh and have fun with your boyfriend. That's who you were. I'm telling you right now, that's what the core of every woman in here is still. A girl that just wants to laugh, be loved, so a man's world be protected and provided for. That, that's your core. I don't care what else you've become in this world. That's the core of who you are. Let me tell you the core of who you are. You're a dad, you're a husband, you're a businessman, you provide for your family and you're a minister within the body of our church. But the core of who you really are was a boy that fell in love with a girl. And when she talked to you, you listened. And you couldn't wait to be with her on a Friday night or a Saturday night when you had a little money in your pocket because you needed a little money in your pocket from the work week. But then your whole world was thinking about just being able to spend a little bit more time with her to make her laugh, to change your week. That, that, ladies and gentlemen, is who you are at your core. Now, life does a lot of things to us. Worms get in there, rot, wind, everything happens. Pest, everything's pesty. Turns your world into something else. And every once in a while, you got to go back to your core. And you got to remember that in your core is this amazing potential. This potential of being more than you have ever been in your entire life, for your family, for her, for you, for God. And you go, that's great information. And I just gave it to you. Do you think it will make any difference? No, it won't. Because this little seed is not going to do any good for anybody. The seed that's in you, the core that you have, how God made you, is not going to do And he go, well, that's how God made me. That's what he put in me. That's good. That's good. Now, knowing it's not going to fix anything. Do you know when this turns into something really amazing? You know what has to happen first? It has to go into a dark place. It has to be buried. And you say, well, it feels like the enemy is burying me. does sometimes, doesn't it? Dark, lonely, scared. I'm not sure there's any hope left in this relationship. I'm not sure there's any dreams left on the table in our family. And God puts you into a dark place, and the enemy's trying to bury you, and God's planting you. There's a difference. The enemy's burying you and puts it in your head, but God's just planting you. But it's the same dark place where you can't see any further right now because of this dark place that you're in. You're hurting bad, you're lonely, you're scared, and you're not sure if this life's going to get any better. Now, this is where I feel really silly. I'm going to tell you about a couple of dark places in my life. But I know you people. And if I could pull the microphone off and slap it on your head, you guys could share with me some dark places that's going on in your life, maybe even right now, oh, my God, where I would go. You teach us. I was 15 and a half years old in my first dark place I ever hit in my life. Isn't that funny when young people refer to their age, they always add a fraction on the end of it. I'm 14 and a half. You'll never hear somebody say, I'm 47 and a third. I'm 56 and three quarters. I was 15 and a half. Doctors told us that my dad was going to die in a year. And I love my dad more than anything. I love my dad. But so 15 and a half, we went to a really dark place where I couldn't see the future. Couldn't see any hope. Had no idea what was going to happen to my family. Didn't know. The other time happened when I was in my 20s. I was 20 to 21 years of age. Had a thing happen in ministry uh, that just blew my mind. I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to last or make it into ministry. I didn't know that. But, and I can, I can honestly say that I probably only have five or six really dark places. Really dark places. The year, of summer of 2000 one of the darkest places of my life. We're here at this church, pastoring this church, and I had never thought that God's people could be as mean and as ugly and as vindictive, as hateful as what they were. Let some people in from some other churches that were disgruntled from other churches that came into the valley, and I didn't know it. I was happy to have it. I, everybody came in the door, I'm like, "Hey, are a big old 10 on your head until you prove to me you're not a 10. I'm going to treat you like a 10. <laughs> and I did not know at the time because I was young. I was in my thirties. I wanted everybody to like me. So I just, I didn't hold anybody at a distance. I didn't look at anybody as a possible wolf. I didn't think anybody had another agenda. So we just took everybody in. And before you know it, there's a little faction of people that just hated my guts. I mean, I went from zero to, hero to zero in a very quick period of time. And then they're talking about me and they're writing letters about me. And I go on vacation. I come back and I looked out over the congregation between two and 300 people left. So the crowd that I was looking at and preaching to and going and doing their funeral services and you know seeing, and loving on their babies and going to see them at the hospital and praying over when they get sick, all of a sudden there's a big old faction of them that hated my guts, hated me, hated Anna, and Anna never did nothing wrong. But I remember thinking this. I don't think I'll, I'll make it through this. I don't. I went over to Denver and I talked to a pastor in Denver and it's really funny because when I was telling him about my dark place, he acted like it was no big deal. And then he told me about a few of his dark places, and I realized, oh, my God, this is no big deal. But it didn't satisfy me, so I went to a pastor's counseling group at the Focus on the Family down in Colorado Springs, and I sat down with a group of pastors who counseled pastors. Their whole ministry is to counsel pastors that are hurting. And I sat down with them, and I I talked to him. I poured my heart out to him, and this this is what I came out of there. Hooper, that's no big deal. Now, here's what the weird thing is. I thought that dark place was going to kill me. I, I literally, listen to me, was ready to abort this seed and take my wife and go to some place where people would like us. Period. I'm telling you right now, I was ready to. And then the dark place ended. And I was happier than I've ever been in my life. I now would say, I wish I knew then what I know now. Because if I knew then what I know now, I would have handled that so much differently. It wouldn't even register a blimp on my give a rip scale now. Right? Right? But I couldn't know now what I needed to know then until I went through the process of what I went through then so that I can know what I know now. And I'm happier, and I'm healthier, and I am no way the pastor or the man or the husband that I was then as what I am now. I am totally transformed into someone that is totally different. And no one teaching me and no class I could have taken or no book I could have read could have done the transformation that has taken place inside of me. You know what did it? A dark place. A dark place. Jesus talks about a dark place in Mark chapter 4, verse 39. Well, Jesus, he tells the disciples to get into a boat. It's in the evening time, so it's dark. Darkness is coming upon them. And the Bible says they shouted at Jesus, Wake up! Don't you care that we're dying? We're going to be around. So they shout at him. And When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples, absolutely terrified, said, Who is this man? They they asked each other this. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now Jesus was asleep on the boat, He wakes up and he looks at his disciples and he says, guys, the issue, the issue is not the darkness. The issue is not the storm. The issue is not the wind. And the issue is not the waves. The issue is, do you still not have any faith? The only difference between daylight and dark is you just can't see as well right now. That's it. That's it. But that's when you're scared and you're lonely and you feel like there's no future. And this happened in my life and I thought that person was going to be there and they died. I had this plan, but they're no longer here. I thought this marriage would feel different, but it doesn't. And I'm not sure I'm going to make it So rather than leaving that thing buried for a little while longer I'm going to mess it all up bring it back out in the light and you're going to kill your future. You'll kill it. And then you'll go through the whole process again with some other person creating some other family and you'll kill it too. Because on this earth you will have trials and sorrows. You will. Would you guys bow your heads with me for a minute? Every <clears throat> head bowed just for a second. I want to talk to you about something. If you're a Christian, then you've already dealt with it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will feel an evil, weaver, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff that come for me, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're a Christian, you have dealt with that. This dark place called death refers to as a shadow. shadow of a gun cannot shoot you. A shadow of a knife cannot cut you. It's just a shadow. Scary. Dark place. No fear. And after that dark place, the greatest eternity you could possibly imagine. But you will not have a great life, a transformed life. A transformed marriage without going through a dark place here. Dark economy, dark workplace, dark relationship, dark finances. I want to ask you to stay real with me this morning, and I want you to say this. If you are going through a dark place in your life right now, whether it's in your finances, your marriage, your career, a relationship, a job situation, something happening at your home, something happening with the health of a loved one, I want you to raise your hand for me, please. I want to ask everyone to stand. And I want to ask every one of you that just raised your hand to come down here and stand by me. Okay, come on down here. Come on down here and stand according to this website by the person who never says anything stupid. I uh, and the pastors here at our church have been given a tremendous privilege. It's access into your life. And you guys have emails where you can email us directly and you can share what you're going through. Because if you didn't, honestly, other than the Holy Spirit, how would we know? How would we know? You're a married couple in your thirties, would you raise your hand? Okay. If your mates with you, wrap your arms around them for a second. Just wrap your arms around them. I want to talk to you directly. Okay. I know that guys can be jerks and they can say stupid things and they can hurt your feelings. I know that. And I know you women have a sharp tongue too. And you kind of look at a smile, that come out of your mouth, husband's mouth as an opportunity to see who's got the sharpest mouth. And nobody wins. Nobody wins. And some of the best couples in our church, listen to me, some of the best couples in our church are thinking about cashing it in. I am begging you. You say, well, I'll get rid of him. I'll get rid of his sarcastic mouth. I don't have to listen to that anymore. Are you going to get with another man on this planet? Guys, you planning on marrying another woman? Because the stressor of that decision is not just about how am I going to financially support two households. There's a bigger stressor involved you probably hadn't thought about that I've walked through a few hundred times with couples. And that is... Who's he going to date after you? What kind of influence is he going to pull into your daughter's life with a new woman in the house now? Will she be Christian? Will she be godly? Men that are so excited about protecting your kids and protecting your family, you never let anything happen to them, you get rid of that wife. She's going to be dating another man. And that other man is going to be disciplining your children now. And that other man is going to have a 17-year-old nephew who you don't know anything about who's going to be around your 9- and 10-year-old daughter. You all about protection? You just walked away because there was something that you didn't have that you thought was more important than the protection of those kids. I'm not making light of your dark place. I'm not. I know it feels like you're suffocating and it's going to kill you. I know it does. I know it does. But you're that close to this incredible future. Your marriage being better than what it's ever been. You're that close. It being better than what it's ever been. Your finances, your future, all Man, I don't know if I can hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Because you cannot have it without the dark place. And the dark place won't last. So when will it be over? When the transformation takes place. How can I hurry that along? Would you like to not hurry it along? If you don't want to know, I won't tell you, but would you like to know how you can hurry it along? When you're in a dark place? Couples come up to me and they go, Pastor, we're hurting financially. Christmas is coming. I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have enough money. I go, well, did you tithe last year? Did you partner with God financially last year? Did you, are, you, are, you, are you doing what God wants you to do with your money? No. Oh, my God, listen to me. As a pastor, I want to bang my head against the wall. Then I say to somebody else, how you doing? My career is bad, my company's not making it, I don't know. Are you praying with your company, Christians, in the morning? Are you having coffee with God? Are you talking to him as your CEO? Are you getting downloads and favor directly from him? No. Where is a wall when I need one? Pastor, our marriage is a mess. Are you praying with her? Are you wrapping your arms around her at night in bed and Asking God to bless her and to help her and to meet her needs and help you to be the man she needs you to be? Are you having coffee time in the morning on another side of both of you separating to talk to your Heavenly Father about each other? Are you doing that? Are you still dating her? Do you have a date night? No. Good Lord, come down. Let me grab you and I will bang your head against the wall. You're just prolonging the dark place. It's to transform you from being one little something to being an amazing something. So let the transformation be take place because dark places suck But don't abort the seed. Please couples listen to me don't abort the seed. Please, Father God, we love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And Father, we've all been in dark places. Thank God I guess the rest of the people standing in this room aren't in one right now. And thank you for that. Thank you, thank you that they're not. We all get in a dark place at the same time. I don't. We're a mess. So thank you that we're not all there at the same time. But Lord, thank you in knowing that when we are there, we're coming out. I've got to know we're coming out of dark places. I cannot be happy here if I didn't know that we are coming out of dark places. So marriages and families and lives where they have felt they're scared and there's no hope and I can't see forward. I can't see this relationship forward. I can't see it right now. May they hold on. May they tuck really close into you and may they hear your whisper of, I want you to change this. I want you to be more of that you're letting this bother you and I don't want you to let that bother you anymore you're caring way too much about what people think I need you to focus on me and what I think I need you to be to that husband what you need to be to that husband to me meet his needs be there for him say the words you need to say to him and I will give you strength when your needs are not enough what you're getting is not enough then then you're coming out and when you come out there will be a day you look back at this dark place and you will think I can't believe I was almost ready to throw it all away how stupid would that have been because look what I have now Jesus that's where I'm at today transform me because I am ha <laughs> ha I am coming out of this dark place. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Have a good day. See you later.